Jesus, we come before you this morning. We pray for your presence, your presence in the church, your presence in the homes of those watching this on television, your presence in my mind and in my heart. May the words that are spoken this morning advance you, glorify, honour you and may we be drawn closer to you, Jesus, through this Bible study, through this teaching and preaching, we pray in your name. Amen. In life there are things that irritate us all. Different things irritate different people. I am irritated by a number of things in life. I'm irritated, believe it or not, by nasty people. I don't like nasty people. I don't like it when I see others being treated cruelly. It irritates me when I see injustice and unfairness and unfortunately in our world today we are seeing injustice and we are seeing unfairness everywhere. Do you know that it irritates me when I see people talking behind other people's back? I don't know what it is but since I've been a small boy I become very irritated when I see that and I have endeavoured in my own life, feeble as I am at times, not to participate in this sort of behaviour. It also irritates me when I see people, when they come into my life, people who dot I's and cross T's. You see, I'm a laissez-faire, easy going, what can be done tomorrow will be done tomorrow sort of guy. I need people in my life who dot the I's and cross the T's. But it doesn't change the fact that when I have them in my life, even though I need them, yes it does, It irritates me and I guess, I don't guess, I know that I can irritate them too. But we need each other. We need each other. But you know in life nothing irritates me more than when I see Christians, people who claim to follow Jesus, people who claim that Jesus lives in their heart, people who claim that they are followers of this book, the Bible, It irritates me when I see them preaching. It irritates me when I see them teaching. It irritates me when I see see them advancing the ideas that the Ten Commandments, the law of God, have been done away with. Now, if you are a Christian, you will have heard some preacher, you will have seen some teacher advancing this idea that the Ten Commandments, that the law of God, given to Moses on Mount Sinai, has been done away with. And you've probably, many of you have probably heard the arguments. Oh, the law of God, the Ten Commandments, is for the people of the Old Testament. Or the law of God, the Ten Commandments, it's for the Jews. Or, or it was done away with at the cross. You know, I have heard it all. And the reason it irritates me is because it's not what Jesus or the Bible ever did say. It is not what Jesus or the Bible ever did say. And if you believe that the Ten Commandments, if you believe that the law of God was for the people of the Old Testament or for the Jews or it was done away with at the cross, if you think that today, if you think that this morning, then this message, this message is for you. You know, the law of God can be found in at least two places in Scripture, Exodus, Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. 
Now, there are ten great laws that God gave to Moses. It is a tremendous scene. The children of Israel, they are on their way from captivity, from slavery in Egypt to the promised land to Israel. And God camps them underneath a mountain, Mount Sinai. He shakes the mountain. There's smoke coming up. There's clouds around the mountain. The children of Israel are awed at the power of God. And God calls Moses up on top of the mountain. And God gives Moses ten laws. Ten laws that are for the human race. They were not for Israel. They were not for Christianity. They were not for my church, the Seventh-day Adventist church. These ten laws that God gave Moses were for the entire human race. And I am very interested in the fact that almost every civilization has as its basis for law these wonderful ten commandments that God gave the human race so long ago. Exodus chapter 20, and you can follow these laws on the screen as I just very quickly summarise them for you. First law, God says, you know, God is a jealous God. God is a God who demands worship to him and him only. And that's why he says in the first law, no other gods before me. Second law, God says, God says, don't bow down to images. Third law, God says, do not misuse God's name. Oh, I cringe when I'm watching television or a DVD or a movie and I hear people misusing the name of God. It is happening in our society, in our culture, all the time. You know, people will say, oh my, and then they'll misuse his name, God. Or if they get cranky, they'll, they'll cry out, oh Jesus Christ. Oh, I cringe at that sort of behaviour toward God. It's in his law. We are not to do it. He says the fourth commandment, God says, remember the Sabbath day. It seems to me that almost the whole world, almost the whole world, including the Christian world, has forgotten or ignores this commandment. And to be honest with you, this morning I am baffled, I am baffled that we do it. No other gods before me, don't bear down to images, don't misuse God's name, remember the Sabbath day, obey your father and mother, six, do not kill, seven, do not commit adultery, eight, do not steal, nine, do not lie, ten, do not covet. Ten laws that God gave to Moses. The basis of law in almost every civilised community today. Now I'm interested in Exodus chapter 31, 18. At the conclusion of giving these ten laws to Moses. We find this in the Bible. Exodus chapter 31 verse 18, God says this. And he says it through the prophet Moses in the Bible. And it's worth noting. When, look at this, when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, look at this, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, or the law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. This is what the law of God, the Ten Commandments, means to God. He says, this law is eternal. This law is not to be done away with. He did not, he did not put the law on a piece of paper that fades and withers away. He inscribed the law, his Ten Commandments for the human race, in stone with his finger. That's power. And yet we still have a lot of Christians, despite the fact that God gave the law, despite the fact that he inscribed it from his mind through his finger on stone, we still have a lot of Christians who say about the Ten Commandments, the law does not matter anymore. It was done away with 
at the cross. It was replaced by grace. I'm sure many of you have heard this. And this morning, for just a few moments, I want to have a look at what the Bible has to say about God's Ten Commandments and His law. And this is an important message for the world. The world needs to hear this. A world that is becoming increasingly lawless needs to hear this message. They need to understand it. And if we were to follow God's law, I want to tell you that we would be a much happier people. We would be a much happier society and culture than we are. What does the Bible say about God's law, about his Ten Commandments? Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans, Romans chapter 3, verse 28. And this is what the Bible says. For we maintain that a man is justified, Paul says, we maintain that a man is saved by faith apart from observing the law. First point, understand this. You are not saved by the law. You will not get to heaven by keeping the law. God will not look down upon you with favour if you are a person that keeps the law. The Bible says, and look at this very clearly, and I want you to understand this this morning, for we maintain that a man is saved by faith apart from observing the law. The law will not save you. You are saved by getting on your knees and asking Jesus into your heart. He forgives you your sins. His blood that was shed on the cross washes away your sins. It's called grace. And when you walk into the throne room of heaven, when you walk into the courts of heaven saved, you do it through the grace, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Full stop. Nothing else. You are not saved by the law. But look what Paul says in verse 31. He follows this up immediately. He says, hey, You are not saved by the law, you are saved by faith. But then he says in verse 31, Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Look what this New Testament prophet says. Do we nullify the law? Do we do away with the Ten Commandments? Like so many preachers and teachers and Christianity are saying today, the Bible says, look it up for yourself, Romans 3 verse 31, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all, rather we uphold the law. We lift the Ten Commandments high. Like the way the KGV says it, I think it says it even more strongly than the NIV Bible. Do we then make void the law through faith? Paul says, God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Romans 7 verse 12, again Paul the Apostle, talking about the law, talking about the Ten Commandments of God, says, so then the law is holy and the commandments are holy. They are righteous, they are good. This is New Testament, brothers and sisters. And we ought to take notice what the New Testament writers are saying about God's commandments, about his law today. First John, First John chapter 2 verse 4, this is serious. The prophet John says, He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Can the Bible, my friends, can the Bible be any clearer this morning? He who says, the Bible says, First John 2 verse 4, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And Jesus himself in John fourteen fifteen says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments, obey my law. 
Now, if the law doesn't save you, why is it so important in my life today? I'd like to use the last part of this Bible study this morning to share this with you. Turn in your Bibles again with me to Deuteronomy, yes, Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 to 9. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, God gives Israel the Ten Commandments. God gives the world the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5. This is the second recording of this great incident in Scripture. And Deuteronomy chapter 6, after God has given Moses, Israel and the world the Ten Commandments, this precious law, this is what God says. Look at this carefully. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One of the great definitive statements of Scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. The Bible says we are to love God with all our heart. Now, I don't know about you, but I I feel everything from my heart, not from my head. I feel the love I have for my children from my heart. I feel the love I have for my wife from my heart. I feel the love I have for my friends from my heart. I feel the love that I have for Jesus Christ, for my great and awesome God. I feel it from my heart. It's how God created us to feel from the heart. And that's why the Lord God says in verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. Now look at this. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, verse 7. Impress them on your children. Talk to them about the commandments when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. God says, let these commandments sink into your heart. Let them be in your mind. Talk about them all the time. Is that your experience? Are the commandments a a deep and and an integral and an important part of your walk with Jesus Christ? Do you even know the commandments? Do you know them one to ten? Are they a part of your experience or do you just have a rough idea of what they are? God says, Jesus says, they challenge us here in the Bible. Impress them on your children. Have you taught them to your children? Talk to them when you sit at home about this law, about these commandments. Are you doing that? When you walk along the road, talk to your children. Talk to anybody who will listen to you about these commandments. Tie them as symbols on your hands. In other words, do the commandments. Bind them on your foreheads. Think the commandments. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. May the commandments be in your house. May they be in your yard. May they be everywhere that you are. Now, if you're going to experience this sort of thing with God, you need to go home and learn the Ten Commandments. One to ten. You don't have to learn them word for word. I don't know them word for word. But I know them in my heart. I know them in my head. No other gods before me. One. Two. Don't bow down to golden images. Three. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Four. Remember the Sabbath day. Five. Obey your mother and father. Six. See, I'm not saying them word for word, but they're in my mind, they're in my heart. I know what they say. Do not commit adultery. Eight. Do not steal. Nine. Do not lie. Ten. Do not cover. They're there. They're in my heart. Why is that important? Stay with me because this is really what I wanted to share with you more than anything this morning. Why is that important? Look, as I bring this thing 
to a climax. This teaching, this preaching service to a climax. Be aware of this. You need the law. It is not an enemy. It is not to be done away with. It is on your side. You need it. You need it badly. If you don't know it, I'm telling you again, go home and learn it. Have it in your heart. Have it in your mind. Why do you need the law? Why do you need it in your heart? Why do you need it in your mind? Look at this. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Look at this, my friends, very carefully. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, and he's quoting the Ten Commandments, do not covet the Tenth Commandment. Now, now watch this, watch this very carefully. My father was a chaplain, a civilian chaplain in the American army. He worked in South Korea and then in Europe. I went to preach in Japan a few years ago. It cost me $80 to go to Europe to visit him. When I got there, he took me to a base. He was preaching one Sabbath. He took me to a base. I got a clearance and in I went. It was a base that was dedicated wholly to Apache helicopters. It seemed like there were hundreds of Apache attack helicopters on this base. My dad told me they had bases, the Americans, where there was nothing but F-16 fighter planes. Another base had M1, M2 Abram tanks, another base had C-130 transport planes, that they have hundreds of bases, the Americans love them or not, all over the world. I said, why do they have so many bases? Well, my dad said they can use them for offensive operations or they can use them for defensive operations. What do you mean, Dad? Well, he said, if the old Soviet Union had attacked Europe, defensively they had these bases set strategically through Europe and they could have defended Europe. He said, when they attacked Iraq... He said, I guess they use these bases sometimes to send their bombers over. Now, I'm I'm not advancing the Iraq war or not. I'm just telling you one of the facts. These bases are there for offence or defence. When the law of God, which tells you what sin is, which tells you what is right and what is wrong, when the law of God is in your heart, when the law, law of God is in your mind, God has set a base up in your life. Yes, he has. And he uses that base in both defensive and offensive operations. What do I mean? Well, if the law of God is in your heart offensively, you can look out at the world and you can see what the world is doing that that offends God, that will attack your Christianity, will attack your walk with God. You can see it before it arrives at your door. And you can say, I want nothing to do with that. Let me tell you, when I'm watching on the news and I see the violence that comes out of the Middle East, the law of God in my heart which says, thou shalt not kill, it works inside of me. And I look at it and I go, no, uh, uh, I don't want anything to do with that. That's offensive. God is talking to me through the law that is based in my heart. Defensive is when I go home after a big Sabbath day and I sit in front of the television and I, 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 I go to watch a, a, a violent movie. The same violence which is perpetrated in the Middle East, I'm watching on television as entertainment. Defensively, the Lord says to me, through the law which is based in my heart, Lloyd, Lloyd, stop. This is against my law. What are you doing? And so I begin to work with the Lord to overcome that sin in a defensive way because the law is in my heart. This is how the law helps. It helps us to fight the devil when he comes to tempt us. Oh, I could talk for hours, but I don't have the time. But I would like to leave you with this one text for those of you who are still struggling with the importance of the law in our lives today. Matthew 5, 17 to 19. This is Jesus talking. He says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. 
I have not come to abolish, but to fulfil them. Verse 18, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, look what Jesus says, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. The law is important, the commandments are important. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments, Jesus said, and teaches others to do the same, will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commandments will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Is that your experience? Is the law a part of your life? Are you using it to fight the devil? Is it a friend or is it an enemy? Invite Jesus into your heart. The law becomes a friend and it will assist you and will help you to live a happy, peaceful life. May God bless you. Jesus, thanks for being here this morning. Oh, may this message burn into our hearts. May we see the validity of your law, how it helps us, how it was never done away with, and Lord, how you sent it to help us through the trying times of life on this earth. Thank you, Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen. Thank you.